you know, the past few years, they boast about how, how much better and how competitive they are with Apple. But at the end of the day, you bow down. Well, the thing. <laughs> what? Hey, that's what they did. I, every once Apple in didn't a, move theirs. Every once in a while, Andrew, I'm re- reminded that you used to be a professional wrestler. <laughs> <laughs> at the end of the day, you bow down. That's, that's what happened. Welcome to Geared Up, brought to you by National Car Rental. I'm Todd Bishop. I'm Andrew Edwards. All right, we have got iPhone news for you. Yes, we do. There is another new iPhone coming out mm-hmm. this week, and we'll have the inside details based on the early reviews and Andrew's insights, plus my favorite gadget of the year so far. I'm getting tired of you saying this already. <laughs> Amazon's new smart plug. I think it's amazing. I know it's basic, but that's one of the reasons I love it. And I'll explain why I, I love like it. I feel there's going to be a twist here and that you really don't like it that much. No, I, I actually I actually do like it quite okay. a bit. Quite a bit. Plus, I got to experience firsthand a new augmented reality basketball viewing experience in Los Angeles this past week. So I'll be talking all about that. Yes, and you're talking about like actual NBA experience, not like a basketball video game. Exactly. An NBA viewing experience that the creators hope will become the way we all watch NBA, just as you have the shot tracker in golf with Mm -hmm. the the trace of the golf ball or the first down line in the NFL. They're hoping that this will become Mm, ubiquitous like that on other sports broadcasts. Let's talk about all that coming up. But first, Andrew, I got to tell you. Yep. I had an experience this past week where I attempted to use you to my advantage, to use my affiliation with you to my advantage. Interesting. I got stuck in Portland, Oregon at the Portland airport because I was flying back from Los Angeles to Seattle and the fog was so thick that they diverted our flight at around – Two in the morning after it had Jeez. been delayed going out of LAX. No. It was pretty, it was the nightmare at any rate. So, after a bunch of different things, and I won't bore you with the details, I ended up needing to drive to Seattle. And I went up to the National Car Rental Desk okay. at the Portland International Airport. And they said, I'm sorry, Mr. Bishop. I know you're a member, member of the Emerald Club, but we just, we can't get you in. We just don't have any cars that we can allow to go from Portland to Seattle. We oh. got to keep them all here because it's our corporate day, which, and I got to say, great customer service at National Car Rental. Huge fan. I love the Emerald Club. Right. And, and I said, you know, did you know that I, I know Andrew Edwards and Andrew hosts, technically speaking, on the <laughs> nationalcar.com control center. You can also find it at nationalcar.com. I gave him the whole ad. I was like, you know, but, but like I host the show with Andrew and they, the guy said, what? <laughs> I said, no, seriously, you know, nationalcar.com, the control center, technically speaking, you, sorry, man. Anyway, it didn't, it didn't work. That, that <laughs> reflects poorly on him for yes. not knowing his own company's best. Oh, by the way, which was the revealed to me, and I'm allowed to share this, technically speaking, yes, resulted in the best ad campaign in the history of National Car Rental. Whoa. What's up? He should know that. <laughs> yeah, I got to say, he was very nice about it. And he kind of laughed at me. He knew I was like 
somewhat doing it tongue in cheek. But I did want to see That's if he great. knew. If he knew. And then when I went out after I went to Enterprise to get my car, yeah. unfortunately, but they're affiliated. They, oh, yeah, they're they affiliated. Own, they own, yeah. And I was able to actually use my Emerald Club membership. There you go. Through that. So at there any rate, go. and and worked and, out. And, all good. But he was extremely nice, and he walked over and he said, "Glad you found a car." <laughs> <laughs> nice. So, okay. Hey, let's get into the tech news. Okay. Story number one is what? Story number one is the new iPhone 10 R. I like I keep pointing at me. I struggle with the you iPhone You said the names. hard part, though. You said 10. <laughs> okay. Andrew, I think that people out there are having a hard time keeping track of which iPhone is which. That's yeah. my theory. Okay. Set the context for us. Give us the Cliff's Notes on what iPhone this is. Before I do that, can I ask you a question? Yes. What? Am I going to buy it? No. No, no, no. <laughs> what leads you to believe that there was a confusion? I'm just curious if it's like you've seen it or if it's just more of an assumption I, I will or tell a feeling. You exactly. It's my market research of one. I am confused. And so okay. I assume everyone else is. <laughs> okay. Because you're, you're confused. Everyone's confused. All right. Um, iPhone 10R reviews started dropping today. It is the third iPhone um, configuration um, available this year. So Apple this year released three new iPhones, and all three of them are genuinely new, 10S, 10S Max, and the 10R. The 10S is similar to last year's 10, just a little bit better internals. Um, the 10S Max is the first time that we've got a 6.5-inch phone. Um, other than that, it's the exact same as the 10S, just bigger battery and bigger screen. And then the 10R comes in at the middle. It's actually 6.1 inches, so it's mm. bigger than the 10S, and it's smaller than the 10S Max, but it's $750, I'm sorry, yeah, $750, which makes it $250 cheaper than the entry-level iPhone 10. For $50 more, so at $800, you can get it for 128 gigs, so it starts at 64, bump it up to 128. And then for $100 more at $900, you can get 256 gigs. So even at the top end, the iPhone 10R is still less hmm. than the 64 gig iPhone 10s. Okay. So, so it's the cheapest entry level iPhone. It sounds like the one to buy. It's the one to I I think so too. And so here's the thing. If you're into tech, if you're like a tech connoisseur or a tech fan, probably the people who watch the live stream, if you're that kind of person, a lot of people out there have been giving without seeing it the iPhone 10R a lot of grief hmm. because it has a lower resolution display. It's an LCD instead of an OLED. It's basically it's it's it has one camera instead of two, so they're saying it's less than, but it is less than. That's why it costs less, less than, than the <laughs> iPhone XS. But people are thinking, well, if it has a lower resolution display, then the display is going to look bad. Mm. All the reviews started dropping today, and all of them are saying how great the display is. So, so it's an LCD display, just like the iPhone eight. But Apple actually did some extra work anti-aliasing around the sides to get the curved corners. It's the first time we've ever seen an LCD display with no forehead or chin, just a nice thin bezel all around it. Mm. Apple put some extra work in here. And one person, one of the best reviewers, uh, video reviewers that I know, Sam Sheffer, he got his hands on it and he said, the iPhone XR display is razor sharp. That was his Whoa. quote. It's razor sharp. So you're not going to look at it and be like, oh, this display is so bad. You're not going to even notice it. But I know that one difference between this device and the higher-end devices is the fact that there's no 3D touch. Is that right? That's correct. One of the differences is there's no 3D touch because there's so little 
bezel on this display that they just couldn't fit that in. So they have something that they're calling haptic touch, which is a compromise. So haptic touch is you long press on something and you'll feel the internal thing like push, but it was really just a long press and it wasn't a, a push. Press. Yeah. The problem there is that in places where you would 3D touch, if there's already a long press there as well. So, for example, on the home screen, you can 3D touch on icons to get a menu or you can long press to, like, delete them and stuff. You can't do haptic touch there because you're always just going to have the long press result, not the 3D touch result. So it's a little bit of a compromise there. Um, I use 3D touch quite a bit myself, so I would miss it. But I would assume most average people don't use 3D Touch all that often. I, I use it in some cases, but frankly, more often than not, it ends up throwing me off. Like I'll mm. accidentally do it when I didn't mean yeah. to do it. I'll press, I'll do a long press and, or a, a deep press actually is what, right. what, what happens. Yes. Pressing, pressing deeper into the screen mm -hmm. and it activates something that I didn't mean to activate in some app that I haven't used before. Right. And then you just run away from it. Like yes. I don't know what that was. Yeah. So yeah, I think most people are in the same boat. So unless you really know what 3D touch is and where to use it, you're probably not going to miss it that much. Um, it has one camera instead of two. It has the same main camera as the iPhone XS. But that means it has both front-facing and back-facing, but only one rear-facing. Rear -facing. Correct, yes, so. yes. So it has the same front-facing and the same main rear-facing camera as the XS. It doesn't have the second rear-facing telephoto lens. So what's interesting is it does it does have the ability to do the portrait mode. Have you used portrait mode? Oh, sure. Okay, so Absolutely. it can do that. How? It's using one camera lens similar to the Pixel 3, actually. Pixel 3, um, best portrait mode probably. It also only has one camera on. It's using computational photography. So it's figuring out things using, you know, processing rather than actual, you know, optics. Um, but since it only has one camera, there's some pluses and minuses. The plus is that you can actually take a portrait mode photo without having to zoom in. Hmm. So it's using the main camera. So the person can look you know, a lot of times portrait mode is like it's cropped in and you don't really get much background. But with this, it doesn't have the, the zoom. Oh. So it's doing portrait mode with the main lens, which gives you a, a different look to your photos. Um, because it's using the main camera lens or the one main camera lens that it has, it lets in more light than the other one. So the portrait photos on the 10R are more brightly lit than the ones on the 10S. Huh. Okay, very interesting. And for people who might not know this, the, the portrait mode, the signature is you've got the, the blurry background. Yeah. And it makes it look like a professional shot right. where they've really tuned the aperture Correct. manually, except it's automatic on the right. phone. That's interesting. Now, okay, there's a so, downside, though. Yeah, what is the downside? So that's, the, that's the upside. The downside is that since it doesn't have the two lenses, Apple has to, again, use you know software to determine where the face is mm. with the 10s portrait mode works on pretty much anything you could have like a you know a cup of coffee here and do a portrait right mode. with the 10r it has to see a face got it. it has to know okay there's the there's where the face is and now we know how to process this image so you can't take portrait mode photos of anything but a human face sidebar here i okay. gotta tell you we got our daughter a point and shoot camera okay she's seven years old and she's not yet ready for her own sure, phone, sure. But, but she's of course played with our phone and she and her friends like to do videos, unboxing videos. You oh, know, that's they're, hilarious. They're, yeah, they're aspiring YouTubers. I've, I've told her about you and said, you know, if someday, if you play your cards right, you can do what this guy's doing, right. uh, play, you know, play with gadgets and get, yeah. you know, get paid for it. You know? Right. 
she took the point and shoot and she said to me, okay, yeah, how do I, where's the camera pointing at me? Oh, she wanted a selfie camera. She wanted a selfie cam. That's hilarious. <laughs> I mean, that's that's this day that's, and age, right? That's exactly. It felt like, you know, you wouldn't have asked that five years ago. At any rate, so the, the iPhone XR has both front and rear-facing cameras, but only one rear-facing yes. camera, whereas the iPhone XS S. has the dual cameras that give you the traditional portrait Correct. Mode. So it's just different. It's just different. So, you know, some people might see one as more beneficial than the other. Yeah. And so ultimately, though, I think at the end of the day, by the way, the other the other main feature, the 10R is the phone with the best battery life in the history of iPhones. And that equates to what? By 90 minutes more than the iPhone 8 Plus. So that means you can carry it around for how many days? (laughs) Well, I don't know about days, but it's definitely like an all day, like morning till night and probably and then some phone which i mean battery life that's one of the things that you know for me at least it's not something you really think about when you're buying a phone but when you're in a situation and you start seeing your battery dwindle down you, your heart starts like pumping yep. a little bit your, yep. your palms get a little sweaty you see the see it turn red you hit 20 percent. oh no what am i going to do so having a phone like that with a great battery one of the best bat- this the best battery in the history of iphone better than the 10s max which is a bigger phone bigger battery in there because it's not pushing as many pixels it's more efficient. So if you're on the fence about which phone to buy and you don't want to spend $1,000, the iPhone XR is not, I don't feel it's a compromise. It's just different. To me, it sounds like what you're saying is the iPhone XR is mainstream. I mean, that this is, is the mainstream device. Yeah, and, I would, I think so. Okay. So just to clarify what we're talking about here is the iPhone XR that starts at 749. It's available later. Friday morning this week yes uh friday morning of this week and the iphone 10s starts at a thousand dollars and the iphone 10s max is about a thousand ninety nine starting yep. that's and that's right. the big screen one so yep. there's the landscape and it's going to be interesting to see what they how they do uh which one people go for during the holidays but there's more to come right because apple has an event coming up apple has an event on october 30th they're going to be announcing the new ipad pros which should have the same bezel-less look as the iPhone 10 has. So basically just imagine a large iPhone 10, no bezels, no notch either because it's a, a larger tablet. They can fit everything they need to without putting a notch on there. Um, October 30th for the first time ever, Apple's doing an event out of New York city, mm. Brooklyn. Um, and there was some controversy by the way, OnePlus, the OnePlus 6T is going to be the, the first probably mainstream ish phone with an in display fingerprint reader. So the fingerprint reader will be in the display itself rather than in a home button, which is cool. Um, but they announced their event for October 30th a few weeks ago. Then Apple announces their October 30th event, both in New York. Apple's event is an, starts an hour later than OnePlus. Oh, boy. And OnePlus, who has been so <laughs> – if you watch their keynotes, they're always attacking Apple. They are notches smaller than theirs. You still have a notch. You still put a notch on your phone. You still copied their design. Like, we still have a headphone jack. Headphone jacks are not rocket science, they said, <laughs> right? This year, they're removing the headphone jack. They have a bigger notch. And they bowed down to Apple by moving their event to the day before. Before. Yes, they did. <laughs> yes, they did. Well, Apple's not even announcing phones. This is iPads and Macs. Yeah. But OnePlus said, you know what? We can't compete. You, they try to, you know, the past few years, they boast about how, how much better and how competitive they are with Apple. But at the end of the day, well, you bow down. Well, the thing. <laughs> what? Hey, that's what they did. I, Apple didn't a, move theirs. Every once in a while, Andrew, I'm re- reminded that you used to be a professional wrestler. <laughs> 
<laughs> At the end of the day, <laughs> you bow down. That's, that's what happened. <laughs> well, I got to say, they're not just competing <laughs> one plus here for the attention of consumers. They got to get the right media. Of in the course. Room, and that's the of issue, course. right? Right. But <laughs> if you want to get media there, again, Apple didn't say, uh-oh, one plus, we have to get media to our, Apple knows we have a product that press wants to see, yes. right? So OnePlus, where are you at with making that happen? I'm just saying. And I'm not hating on them. I just – I think they make good products, and they make good products that are very well-priced. Like you can get a OnePlus 6 today for about half the price of a, like a flagship Samsung phone and get like 98% of the features. So OnePlus phones are great. I just like to call out the hypocrisy when you try to say, for example – Headphone jacks aren't rocket science a year ago, and then this year it's gone. Right. Anything else in that realm that we want to talk about? No. A week from now, Apple will be announcing, like I said, the new iPads and new Macs, and we'll, I mean, that's going to be the next big thing. That's going to be Apple's last hurrah leading into the holidays. That's great. So we'll talk about that on future episodes of the show. Coming up, though, a device that I've been using in my house that really has changed my life for the mere price of $25. Wow. That'll be coming up next on Geared Up. Welcome back to Geared Up. I'm Todd Bishop. I'm Andrew Edwards. It is time for the National Car Rental Story of the Week. Yes, it is. We'll get to that in just a second. But first, Andrew, you have a great show called Technically Speaking. Yes, I do. I just recorded a bunch of them last week, actually. I, that's why we didn't have a Geared Up. I recorded seven episodes. Seven. No, nine, nine. Nine episodes of Technically Speaking. That's Yikes. my show where I tell you about the best tech gear to take with you when you're traveling, whether it's business travel, personal travel, um, gadgets can make it more convenient or more fun. So I picked the best and I share that on Technically Speaking. That's right. You can find that at youtube.com slash nationalcarrent. Also at the nationalcar.com control center. Uh, and really, everybody should know this show, including people who work at National yes, Car they at the Portland Airport. That's crazy. <laughs> so That's crazy. Next time you see the folks at the Portland Airport, you should say, hey, you know, you guys sponsor <laughs> a great show called Geared Up. I'll and, just pull up their website yeah, and hit play. Yeah, Andrew, Andrew has a great show called Technically Speaking on the NationalCar.com <laughs> Control Center. You should check it out. Right. I shouldn't, I shouldn't say Andrew has. That would be weird. Yeah. We're well, just talking in the third person. <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking to the viewers out there. The, okay, the, the yes. viewers and the listeners you, out there. if you're out there. Yes, do that. All right. The latest tech puts you in the driver's seat. National Car Rentals Emerald Club will keep, keep you, there. you there. That's right. That's right. For memory on that one. Good that job. Pretty good. Good job. All right. This now, week's National Car Rental Story of the Week. What is it? It is the new Amazon Smart Plug. Is that the name of the product? It is. Yes. Just Amazon. The most exciting name I've ever heard. Amazon <laughs> Smart Plug. That's right. This is a new device. It was part of the wave of devices that Amazon announced a few weeks ago okay. that included things that caught a bunch of people's attention, like like the microwave. The Alexa microwave, yes. yes. The, the big digital clock. Yeah. A Lots, bunch of new stuff. A bunch of new stuff. But to me, the most interesting thing was the smart plug. It's $25. It is the first, first party smart plug for Alexa. In other words, there's lots of smart plugs out there yes. that work with Alexa, right. but they are from other manufacturers, Correct. not from Amazon. This is the first time Amazon itself has come out with its own smart plug. And the difference- That's the question I had for you. Yes. There's so many smart plugs already. Why right. is it so exciting? Oh my gosh. The difference is incredible. And the difference is primarily in the setup. 
And the reason I'm so passionate about this topic, and I, I can tell like you're, you're laughing. me. I feel like you're not, not, I don't not, know why. It's like, Andrew, <laughs> have, how many times have you tried to set up a smart plug many. from a third-party manufacturer? Can you describe the process for me? Usually the process is you plug in the smart plug, you go to your phone, you join a Wi-Fi network that the plug has created, and then you give it the password to your real Wi-Fi so it could jump on that. Um, it's, this is true. You're skipping you, a few steps then here. You, down, you download the app. But sometimes, sometimes there is a QR code that you can just yes. scan on the on the device, and then that'll like expedite setup. Um, and then once you have it all set up, then you use the app or Alexa or Google Assistant or Siri to then control whatever's plugged into it. Did yes. I miss a step? Yeah. Well, you missed the part where you forget your password for the third party app. You got to reset it. You know, like there are so many different places where it can go wrong. I do not use iCloud Keychain. Uh, okay. Well, there's an, there's a good tip. That so, but you know, there are times when I've spent probably up to an hour trying to set up a smart plug. Do you know what happened the first time I plugged in my Amazon smart plug? No. I plugged it in. Okay. Into the wall. Into the wall. Okay, you took it out of the box, plugged, plugged it in the, the wall. wall, and I got an alert on my phone. What? That said, new plug found to control Immediately? it. Immediately? Say, Alexa, turn on first plug. And do you know how they did it? No. I use Amazon's Wi-Fi password save. So in other words, I save my Wi-Fi password in the cloud with Amazon. Did now, your wife know this? She does not. Please, I didn't please, think she did. Please don't tell her. <laughs> I think that the risk, such as it is, is worth it because I had to do literally no setup except for going in and changing the name of the plug to what I wanted it to be. Okay. And the, the So you said the phrase that I told you to say, and that was it. Setup is done. Yeah. That's well, it. Wow. It, well, really, actually, I really had to do nothing. It, you, if you wanted to leave it as the phrase, they had it was set up as first plug. If you wanted to leave it as the phrase... You were done. You plug it in and you're done. To me, that wow. is the beauty of it. That is exactly how consumer electronics should work. And the fact that it was so astonishing, literally plug and play. As I got you. To, as opposed to the past when it was plug and pray. Ah, <laughs> was that a dad joke? <laughs> drop a comment in the <laughs> drop a comment in the <laughs> Todd's you sense of you have a better dad you should see, than that you should see the uh, feedback in the surveys after our <laughs> events just just like I think one I think one of them was just stop trying be funny <laughs> <laughs> at any rate seriously you plug this thing in it works you move on uh, to me that is the way everything should work and the reason like I've tried to because to me the plugs are sort of the 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 basic entry point for the smart home. Okay. It, and I've gotten them for my family that's had Alexa. And, you know, hey, not only can you ask Alexa cool things, but you can control the light over there. You know, right. it's kind of a right. cool little Christmas thing for people who aren't really familiar with these sure. things. But I, like last Christmas, trying to set up my mom and dad's lights, and finally I think my dad walked over and went, you know what? And he turned the switch on and off and said, I think this is better. Oh, <laughs> you know, it's, it's like that kind terrible. of thing. You know, I, I, I'm probably exaggerating terrible. there, but it was, we, we came to the realization that the good old fashioned light switch was a better solution than this thing that took me an right. hour to set up. If you're doing one light at a time, I mean, if you're trying to do multiple lights or set a scene, true smart home stuff is the way to go. Exactly. So that is the Amazon 
smart plug that right. works with Alexa. The last time I checked, it was actually sold out. I mean, this is obviously $25. $25, yeah. Now, you're excited about the setup process, which obviously saves a lot of headache and frustration, right? Yes. But once you're set up, correct me if I'm wrong, now it's just like any other smart plug that's set up properly, but right? Basically, I will say that the design is especially nice. I know it's not ex- alone in this regard, but it has a, a very nice horizontal design that, such that it doesn't block the plug above okay. or next to it in the power strip or in your outlet. So that to me, it's to me, they did all that. They took all the things that are painful about these devices yeah. and tried to solve them. That's nice. Someone said you could have just got the clapper. <laughs> oh my God. I hate the clapper. I hate the clapper, you know, and the problem is the clapper tried to get too fancy You did know, they? back when it was just, you know, one clap or two claps and you okay. had one light. But, you know, they added the whole thing, and we have a clapper. What do they do? You have a clapper? Yes. Yes. What? So the issue is that they've added a thing where you, if you clap multiple times, it will turn a different switch off. It's oh, like, no. Yeah, it's like the multi-pronged no. clapper, like way too complex. You got to like do SOS. What is that called? Yeah. I don't know. But You know, no, what no they think SOS, what is that called? Morse code. Yes. You have to do Morse code by clapping. Basically. Basically. Terrible. Terrible. Get that. Terrible. <laughs> <laughs> it's that's not good i thought the clap i thought they stopped selling that in like 1986 oh, no, I didn't realize no. you this is you asked about my wife earlier like she she loves the clapper oh, and i'm like no geez. i'm not gonna go with it no wow I, I think i might have when we moved recently i think i might have accidentally lost the clapper. nice she, she she would not be happy that amazon has your wi-fi i'm just saying sorry not sorry all right so that is the amazon smart plug it costs 25 dollars. it works with alexa and it actually is in stock now so they've gotten that up to speed and that is the national car rental story of the week nice nice i have a feeling that that is going to make a reappearance in a few weeks on our annual holiday gift guide show oh my gosh stocking stuffer written all over it there you go foreshadowing all right We will be right back with a glimpse of the future of NBA sports broadcasts and augmented reality. We'll also be talking about the latest from Google, the new Pixel 3 smartphone. That's coming up next on Geared Up. Welcome back to Geared Up. I'm Todd Bishop. I'm Andrew Edwards. So you got another phone in your hands here. Yes, I do. Tell us about this one. This is the Google Pixel 3 XL. I really like the feel of this phone. I'm a fan of it. Um, I do have a couple complaints. But I wanted to show you one thing. If you look at this phone, Hmm. you notice that that's called the chin down there, right? So what I was saying earlier about the 10R is it's the first LCD display that doesn't have – everything is even around the 10R. Right. It doesn't have this extra chin because a lot of – I don't know – you know, to me, I don't make devices obviously. But to me, it's like if you're a competitor of Apple, you buy the 10S, you open it up, and you see how did they do that. But no one yet has been able to replicate that even bezel around the side on an LCD. Hmm. So it's just... As opposed to an OLED. Right. This is an OLED phone. But the reason this is here is because they have these insane front-facing speakers on there. So they had to make space for these speakers. So the speakers on uh, the Pixel 3 XL both face you. So Um, would you end up up using those speakers for music or for video? Music. Like, they're so good that you wouldn't need a Bluetooth speaker. You could just play the music from your phone. So that means, you know, those small Bluetooth speakers, they're not the best sounding in the world. But this will at least replicate that. 
the notch on top. What do you think of notches, by the way, these days? Does it bother I, I, you? Uh, no, not anymore. People this, get mad. It looks more pronounced, though, than the one at least on my iPhone It's 10. interesting because the notch on that is deeper but not as wide. See what I mean? Yeah, so it might exactly. even be the same right. volume of notch. But the reason is they have these two cameras in there. And that might even come across as an excuse because the smaller Pixel 3 has the exact same cameras front and back and does not have a notch. Don't worry. I'm just posting something to your Instagram. Oh, here. that's Don't fine. Don't worry about it. That's fine. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. So the thing with the Pixel 3, a lot of people were making uh, comments about how Google never said the word Android hmm. yeah. when they announced no, not it. One, not one, one time. Not once, yeah. Now, and I think... You know, this is just me thinking, you know, out loud. I don't think Google sees this as an Android phone. Hmm. And when I say that, I don't mean they're ashamed of Android. But when you say Android phone, you think of a sea of phones, right? They don't want to be one of many. Right. Pixel has a specific meaning to Google. Pixel is hardware, Android, machine learning, and AI. Hmm. That's what Pixel is. And so to just say Android phone kind of misses the point of what Pixel is. Wouldn't they say that it runs Android? Well, they could say that, but I guess my point is more the complete package is what they're selling, not Android. Okay. Because there's so many choices on Android, but there's only one Pixel. Like this phone, did you see the feature where it can answer your phone calls for you? No. So if you get a phone call, you can have the device pick up the phone, and you see in real time the conversation and then you can tap on responses that you wanted to ask before you – so it'll be like, hey, I'm so-and-so calling from you know whatever. And you can say, is this urgent or more information? And then you can get to a point where you ask them to leave a message or you pick up the phone. And does it do it in your voice? No, it doesn't do it in your voice. No. But it tells them something like, hey, this is – you know the person you're calling uses Google to screen their calls. How so. about Patrick? Could it do it as Patrick Stewart? That's what I want. Man. <laughs> I think Google has actually played with that with uh, in one other area. I think their their GPS. They've they yeah. started letting you put like celebrities yeah. in there. So that would be cool. But hello, right? And, Andrew exactly. can't make it. I <laughs> can't do it. But that's Patrick cool, Stewart, though. But that would be great. Yeah. Like I wish that the iPhone did that. Yeah. Because you're you're live screening. You're, you can see in real time what people are saying. Um, what what version of Android does this run? It runs Android Pie. Pie, which is the latest We're, one. Okay. So. Yeah, Android I, Pie. I, I've been, you know, I've not used Android Pie, but mm-hmm. I got to say, I'm using it here and very intuitive. Yeah. Immediately, so I was able very, to get it. You know, people are going to say I'm being biased again, but it's very iOS 12-like, right? Like yes. The reason you're yes. able to just pick up, he's not a Pixel user, not an Android user, you're able to pick it up and just start using it because the gestures are similar In fact, to what iOS has. Looking at this, I love how it brings up the tray and then allows you to go to, to the apps. Yes. Underneath, and that's which is, nice. That, that is, which is, that's... That's an Android yes. staple, and and actually they've moved that into the Chrome OS as well. That it, yeah, ability to swipe up it's called the app. app shelf. So you can have your home screens yeah. however you want them to be, and all your apps are in the shelf away instead of just having an endless grid of apps. That is a a solid Android I, feature. I, I'm pretty sure that feature was innovated by Windows 8, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, <laughs> the window. The, so that would be the only thing sure. Windows 8 innovated. Then, <laughs> hey, let me tell you about my one complaint with this phone: the camera. Android's camera, by the way, or the Pixel's camera, fantastic. Yeah. Best camera out there. Yeah. When you're using the camera app. If you are the average consumer, not again, if you're watching this live stream, you're probably not the average consumer. If you're the average consumer, you buy your phone. How many people do you know who just live in Facebook 
or Instagram yep. or Twitter. They live there. They buy their phone to do email, text messaging, and social media. That's what their phone is for. I was testing this phone on Instagram. I was doing Instagram stories, taking pictures, taking videos. And I had both phones with me. This is the 10s Max. I'm going back and forth on Instagram with these two phones. And people started responding to me, why is the Pixel so terrible? Why does it look so bad? Right. And then they started saying, because then I started talking, and like, why is the audio so terrible on your Pixel? What's going on? And obviously, I was shooting the video, so I couldn't hear what they were hearing. Right. And I went home, and I started looking into it. And for, I mean, lo and behold, the stereo speakers, the stereo recording on the iPhone, and now recording stereo, sounded great. The Pixel sounded so bad and looked terrible. I thought it was defective. And then I just I opened the camera app, took some video, took some pictures. Like this looks great. This is still the best camera. I don't understand what's going on. It turns out, if you're a developer making a third party app, you don't just get direct access to the camera. Google's using software to optimize their pictures and videos to make them look as great as they do, and third party developers can't just tap into that. Whereas on the iPhone, if you open the camera, you're just in the ca- – it's just the camera. There's no – if you're a developer, you get this area of the camera, and if you're a first party, we get that area of the camera. Google is so good at making images and videos look great on this phone using their in-house software that third parties aren't able to use. And sometimes it's so bad that, in fact, when you take a picture in some third-party apps – it's not even taking a picture of the camera. It's taking a screen grab mm. of what's on the screen. So that sounds like a basic API software development kit but again, policy issue. When you say that, my eyes start to glaze over because I'm just like, I just bought a phone that I just want to use. I just want to go on Instagram or Facebook and just use it. Well, you're like, kind of like you're me talking about SDKs, and I'm like, what? Well, I mean, but you're like me talking about plugging in a, <laughs> a plug. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, that's very that's similar. True. You just want it to work. You don't want to know any of the details. Right, about it. right. So you know, that's that's my main complaint with okay. the Pixel. If you're Pixel so, fan. So this costs, the it's XL starts not, at, nine, it looks like it starts at 1000 Why don't okay. you look this up while we're- uh, $1,000, I'd rather get a 10R. Really? Right, get a 10R. Okay. Let me tell you about an experience I had this past week. I went to the Los Angeles Clippers okay. basketball game. Yes. And they unveiled, uh, and Steve Ballmer, the former Microsoft CEO, is now the owner of the Clippers. He's working with a company called Second Spectrum. Okay. That's based in LA, just a few blocks from Staples Center. And they unveiled a new experience called court vision clippers court vision the idea is that the screen mm-hmm. as you're watching the game yep from the video feed from the arena not like holding it up but okay. actually from the video yeah. screen it actually is augmented with different annotations stats animations in near real time so there's about a two minute delay currently and just for purposes of comparison if you're watching an nba game at home yep. typically there is a, a delay in the broadcast that can be as much as up to 30 seconds from okay. the actual live action oh, on, on the, right. the court the delay for the processing to take place is essentially uh you know two minutes but they're trying to shrink it down to to less and it for me was fascinating because it's the next step in the evolution of things like the first down marker on the TV screen, you know, the yellow line across right. the screen, which if you took that away, people would be screaming, right? Right. And, and it's just normal now. You just – Exactly. You don't even feel like it's tech so much. It's just part of the broadcast. Right. And more recently, we've had things like the strike zone in Major League Baseball and the shot tracker, the, the trace, the arc trace in golf, mm-hmm. both of which are also things that are – very valuable, and I think if you took them away, people would miss them, although they wouldn't be screaming like they would if they couldn't see the first down line. Right. 
The NBA Court Vision is not there yet, but it has the potential. Um, in addition to animations, which is in what they call the mascot mode, they have what's called a coach mode and a player mode. And the coach mode actually diagrams the play on the court as it happens. That's crazy. Somebody sets wow. a pick, sets a screen, does a roll, goes to the basket, and just a few moments, just a few seconds after they do it, it shows exactly the direction that they went. It also shows it identifies the player with the ball, which is actually pretty cool if you you know it you're, is nice. you're a casual fan or you're right. not familiar with the visiting team. And it shows this was for me the the closest thing to a killer app inside this. It shows the stats over their heads. So just as an example, if one of the players hit a three, it would show their point total over their, head, their head as they're running down back down the court for a few seconds. If somebody got a steal or um, basically uh, assist, whatever. assist, a rebound, anything that you might do that would be a kind of a fundamental stat, it'll update it over their head That's as they cool. go. And this is all AI, not human intervention. Oh, wow. So they're using six cameras that are installed in every NBA arena. Are they already installed in all of them? Yes. Okay. So this technology is only available from the Clippers right now, but they are hoping, this company, Second Spectrum, to roll it out more broadly to other NBA teams. And in fact, Second Spectrum uses those cameras already. And these are merely uh, cameras to spot the action. And then right. the actual cameras that are augmented, the views, that that's from the broadcast. Mm -hmm. But they are already using those six cameras overhead in the NBA arenas to provide stats to the teams. So now they're basically hoping eventually mm -hmm. that the league will take this on for consumers. Really fascinating. Um, and where can people watch? Is this just can you can anybody tune into a Clippers game and watch this? Not right now. Right now, it's available to viewers of the the Fox Sports app in the Los Angeles area, and there's a private beta where about 1500 people are able to get in on it. Um, but it's, I can tell you the thing that was most remarkable to me was it works and mm -hmm. it's live with a two minute delay. And, um, it basically it's, was pretty seamless in my experience, but not yet on the level of being indispensable, like something like sure, first sure. down marker. That sounds really cool. That reminds me of the home court app that we saw yes, from yes. Apple where they were, but you actually have to use a phone, but you can point your phone camera at a basketball court, and as people are playing basketball, it's tallying everything that they've done and saving it. Yep. And in, in real time, just shows you on the screen how they're doing, which is super cool. Like, this is the future. Now, until they get that processing time down, and two minutes is not all that long, but nowadays, sports is such a social event that people are on social media. You don't want it to be like, 12 seconds to the right. buzzer beater and then right. like everybody on Twitter is like, hey, and exactly. like, I'm still two minutes away. What do you mean? Exactly. Yeah, that that is the biggest issue is that time delay. Um, and so that that's a challenge. And I will say that it was even more pronounced sitting in the arena in Staples oh. Center because I was doing it on my phone in Staples Center, which is not the normal use case. Usually right. it would be people at home. Mm -hmm. but the, And so there the gap would be less because there's the natural time, lane, t time uh, delay between right. the, the actual action on court and the normal broadcast. So anyway, pretty cool and uh, fun to do it. By the way, just full disclosure there, we are doing a project with Steve Ballmer, a podcast oh, project yes. that's going to be coming out um, soon with his uh, nonprofit USA Facts. Is it so, interesting? Yes. I mean, it's Steve so, Ballmer. It's Steve Ballmer. I've talked with, uh, uh, I, this weekend, I talked with Ann Coulter, 
Uh, I talked with, had a, a moment with Michael Avenatti. I talked with uh, Josh and Toby from the West Wing. Wow. <laughs> okay. So, yeah. So we got, we got lots of people talking about numbers and politics and sports <laughs> and business and tech. So that'll be coming up. You can get a little preview, by the way, at geekwire.com slash numbersgeek. There it is. All right. That's it for Geared Up. Yes, it is. Anything else you want to add? No. Looking forward to uh, the new iPads and new Macs. The Mac Mini has not been updated in four years. Let's see what they do. Awesome. Hey, thank you for listening to Geared Up. If you're not already, you should subscribe to Andrew's YouTube channel to see our live behind-the-scenes videos. You can do that at youtube.com slash gearlive. And, of course, you can subscribe to Geared Up in your favorite podcast app. Just search for Geared Up, two words, not one, in Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. And if you like what we do, consider leaving us a rating and a review. It really does help other people find the show. Geared Up is a GeekWire podcast. You can see more from us at geekwire.com. Claire McGrain produces the show. Until next time, I'm Todd Bishop. I'm Andrew Edwards. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Geared Up.